Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil. Oil that runs smart. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Mike Pearson. A part of your day. We are live here at the Commodity Classic 2023. We're on the trade show floor, standing with our friends at Trelleborg. We're in booth 1423. If you're coming down to Orlando, either Friday or Saturday, the show does go until noon tomorrow. Do be sure and stop by and see our friends here at Trelleborg. We're also going to be talking fertilizer with Josh Linville here at 915 in segment two. And then we're going to get back into our tire conversation with our friends here at Trelleborg. So stay with us for today. We are going to be having a lot of fun. And we're going to kick it off right now with the marketing, training, and development manager at Trelleborg. His name is Chris Neidert. He has been talking to farmers here at the show. And Chris, what's on the mind of growers? What are you talking about here at the show? What's the important thing to think of as we get ready to gear up for spring planting? Well, Mike, uh, top of the morning to you. And you mentioned a good comment there, spring planting. You know, uh, most of the country is not uh, planting yet. So now's the time to get out there, inspect the equipment. Part of the equipment is T-I-R-E-S, tires. So just I'm going to just talk about a few things to pay attention to or to check out. You know, we check a lot of things on the equipment, and sometimes we bypass the tires. So I'm not saying these are all the things, but just, just a couple of things to pay attention to. Look at the tire as the sidewall of the tire, and that's just the side. Check for any type of cracking or any kind of damages, or if we call them, we call them bubbles where the mm. sidewall is, is protruding out. Chris, uh, cracking. Dry cracking in tires. We, we see it on equipment we don't use a whole lot. We see it on a lot of the trailers that we've got sitting in our shed. Maybe we use it occasionally to haul, haul hay or whatever. How how concerned do I need to be about dry cracking in the sidewall of a tire? Well, uh, now that's a fluid situation oh. right there. So what you want to do is you would want to get a, a tire person. You know, I'm sure everybody has their tire dealer. So you want to get a, a tire expert out there. Uh, obviously, our guys would be happy to go out, but everybody's got a tire dealer. If you see uh, some, we call them tire cords, if you can mm. see through the cracks to the tire cords, then you're going to want to pay attention and probably change that tire. So, you know, uh, being in the shed, you, you, we recommend during the winter is to store the tires inside. You know, we compound, to, that's called ozone cracking. We compound to resist it. Notice I use the word resist not stop. So you want to keep them out of the elements uh, okay. to start with. But again, some of the tires last a long time. You know, we try to get them to last a long time and the cracking comes around. So inspect that area. If you can see the what again, we say the cords are inside the, the casing, then you're going to need to get somebody to look at that tire and possible replacement. All right, Chris, what other things should we be taking a look at while we're while we're down there really getting into our tires? You know, you want to look at the tread area, see if there's any kind of, of things that have impacted the area. You know, we'll run over things towards the end of the season and not pay attention. So you want to see if there's any kind of uh, impacts. We call them impacts. Any objects in the tread, we'll need to get that taken a mm -hmm. look at and get the tire person there. That You know, the tread depth, Mike, uh, a lot of people, they don't kind of pay attention. The tire starts to wear down. And and we kind of recommend tire replacement at about 25% or less of the tread wear. Now, I, I'm going to say replacement, and you could possibly use those tires in another part of your operation. And let me just say, if you're using that tractor, going to be doing some heavy ripping, heavy pulling in the spring here, and that tread depth's down below 25%. And let me give you a, a little bit of math help there. So 75, sorry, a, a normal R1W tread depth is 71.30 seconds. So to take that down, take 25% of that. So if that tread depth is less than that, you're going to want to take a look at replacing. I didn't say get rid of the tire. You may be able to move that tire to another piece of equipment and still keep using it. But again, you're going to lose that ability of the tire to pull if that tread depth gets it gets a little bit low hey and and one of the big things and we've been talking about it you want to check the air pressure yes you want to get the air pressure 
to be it. Um, we call it the operating air pressure. So again, you either know what that is from past experience, or you can get a qualified tire person out there to recommend that air pressure. But uh, those are some of the things you want to take a look at. Again, you know, we take care of a lot of things uh, 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 that's not associated with tires, but you want to pay attention because, again, that's a pretty good expense that you're going to have to do to replace it. So, again, we're trying to keep those costs down. Keep those costs down. Keep that operation running. Chris, that's what it all comes back to. Timing-wise, if folks are out there today, they're looking at, at like you mentioned a tillage tractor they're going to need to be replacing those tires how does inventory look across the country are, are we starting to see enough tires come back in stock that we could still get some fresh rubber on uh fresh yes, shoes on Mike, a tire before I'm gonna, planting i'm going to be cautiously optimistic that the the inventory is improving you know the manufacturers have responded to that with uh, increasing the production and uh, we at Trelleborg and Mitas, the inventory is not bad. It depends on the size, but again, uh, inventories are improving. That's good to hear, Chris. That's good to hear. And I I'm going to come back to the conversations you have here at these shows because that's where you're really getting the feedback from growers. What, what are they concerned about? when they come in and talk tires. I mean, I, I I heard some fantastic questions yesterday from folks that came up just looking at, at off-the-wall stuff. And you can do that, can't you? You can have those conversations. Well, that's why we have our tire experts here. We have a lot of technical information at our fingertips right here. Uh, again, going back to air pressure suggestions, you know, probably one of the big things we get is what what air pressure should I run on the tire? And that's that's not a simple answer. And I think Noberto Herbner, our uh, OE technical guy, will probably touch on, I don't want to steal his thunder later on in the show, but uh, that's a big question. And we've actually had a couple customers come in and said, hey, listen, I got some funny tire wear going on here. And they actually have pictures, Mike. You know, we talk about how sophisticated uh, the, the growers are now. They have a lot of pictures they bring. And let me tell you, that's a that's worth a thought. You know, the saying is it's worth a thousand words. So the growers will show us some tire wear conditions or problems. And uh, quite honestly, I like talking about that because that helps get a customer or it makes them feel comfortable that we know what we're talking about. And I'm not tooting our horn, but we do have our tire experts here. This is our life. This is what we do. Let us give you some advice. So, uh, yeah, we, we get a lot of that conversation here. And that's so cool that folks are showing up with pictures of things on their farm. Chris, when they show up with a picture, what can you determine? Is is that actually a way to, to make a guess on what's going on with the tire? Yeah, believe it or not, uh, with the electronic age now, we make a lot of determinations via the email or just texting pictures, Mike. Believe it or not, uh, I've done some things via texting or email that I've never met the customer. So, uh, but, you know, again, you with our knowledge in the business, certain tire conditions exhibit certain kind of pictures mm. or its looks. So, that, you know, again, uh, that helps with our tire knowledge of our people here. So come on in or, again, contact us and we can help. You know, uh, sometimes the answer is not always what they want to hear, but we'll help you out. That's the thing. You can always turn to experts, folks. Turn to our friends at Trelleborg. We'll be back for more from the Trelleborg booth here at Commodity Classic 2023. That was Chris Snyder, the marketing, training, and development manager. Folks, stay here. When we return, Josh Linville, fertilizer director at StoneX, will be joining us. We're going to talk through what's ahead here in this market on AOA. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil. Oil that runs smart. On the first Wednesday of every month here on AOA, we get together for the monthly grind, a conversation about corn demand and the partnerships it takes to make that corn industry profitable with our friends from the National Corn Growers Association. Troy Schneider and Janice Hiley of the Market Development Action Team joined us looking ahead to Commodity Classic. Janice, are you excited? Next week, March 9th through 11th, will be the Commodity Classic. This year, it's being held in Orlando, Florida. Our booth is at the trade show floor and just amazing place to check out, by the way, if you're in town. And we're in booth 1603. Troy, what can farmers expect at the NCGA booth this year? Well, Mike, as the producers come on into the trade show floor, we're going to be there in the center stage as one of the main sponsors. And that's a good way for us to explain and to showcase our sustainability, our productivity, and our commitment to feeding and fueling this world that we live in. 
Again, NCGA will be in booth 1603 in Orlando at Commodity Classic. Tune in April 5th for the next monthly grind with our friends at NCGA. One company that's been making headlines recently is Earth Optics. Their CEO, Lars Deerrood, joins us now. And Lars, if you would, tell us, what does Earth Optics do? So we're a soil mapping company with an emphasis on mapping. So we invest in technologies that drive down the cost of measuring just about anything you want uh, within soils uh, and dramatically increase the resolution. So we use machine learning and sensors dramatically improve the power of a single soil sample. So we can take a handful of soil samples on a field and test it for fertility, carbon, uh, and compaction and give you a very high resolution map for a fraction of the cost per acre than you're normally used to. How does utilizing this kind of technology drive down the cost for the farmer? With the resolution that's similar to that of a one acre sampling grid, but much closer to the cost of, of uh, zone sampling. So we're talking four or five bucks per acre instead of, you know, as much as $25, $30 for one acre grids. That's Lars Deerrood, CEO of Earth Optics. Learn more at earthoptics.com or watch for them at Commodity Classic 23 in Orlando. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Premium Diesel. Fueled by innovation, powered to perform. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back. AOA continues this morning from the Commodity Classic trade show floor. Again, we're with our friends at Trelleborg talking tires, but we're going to take a break at this time. And we're going to talk to our friend Josh Linville, vice president of fertilizer over at Stonex. And Josh, boy, I bet you're busy down here at Commodity Classic. Just a little bit, but I'll tell you what, I was wondering if I could actually borrow Chris for a day or two. I've got a uh, kid that just turned 16 on Monday. He can learn a lot of good lessons. Absolutely. <laughs> Have him check out those tires. <laughs> For sure, before he starts driving. <laughs> All right. We've got some availability from Trelleborg. You can always count on that. Josh, I want to talk to you about the fertilizer market. We're, yeah. we're seeing a lot of volatility right now on the grain side. We're seeing a lot of volatility in the crude oil side. What's going on with nitrogen prices here in the complex? They're bearish. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Prices have been down here for quite a while. We topped out back in August. Uh, the focal point for us has continued to be the European sector. Natural gas prices back in August were $103 in the MBTU today sitting at 13 dollars there was no way that was going to happen right so that has been what's been the biggest driver we continue to kind of keep watching russia we keep watching china but now all of a sudden we're kind of disconnecting from the world and we're starting to focus more here at home you know cold wet forecast we got a little bit of question on what's going to go on with anhydrous is it going to get put on is it not going to and if it doesn't start thinking about what that means for urea what that means for uam it's not a one-for-one -one relationship it takes a little bit more of both of those two to make up for one ton of anhydrous not put on the field how are we looking anhydrous applications in the fall? We did have a pretty open fall for a lot of growers. Were we able to get most of the gas on from an industry perspective, or are we still waiting on a lot? We came into this fertilizer year expecting 2 million ton of ag application in the fall, 2 million in the spring. Okay. And we think our fall number came in about 1.9. It was almost hit right on the head. Okay. Now, spring, a lot of that's in the eastern corn belt. You know, you look at like Illinois East, that's where the majority of that goes. There's, like I said, these long range forecasts we're starting to see has got a little bit of nervousness. Farmers always figure out a way, right? Yeah. Resilient to a T, but you always got to watch that. Last spring was a fantastic situation. Uh, great example. One of the worst spring applications we've ever seen. In anhydrous, last in spring. In anhydrous. Huh. And could be seen it again. Could be. 
you know, you don't go to the roulette table, see it just hit zero and go bet on zero again. <laughs> but sometimes it happens. It does indeed. Lightning can strike twice. Josh, we're, we're also seeing the grain markets react mm-hmm. to this push into the new crop. We're seeing the market come to maybe come to some grips with how the supply looks out there. And of course, that's going to change the fertilizer conversation, isn't it? As we get into summer, what yeah. are we watching this new crop side? Yeah, that's the unfortunate part. Um, we're sitting there and we're, you know, quote unquote, winning on the fertilizer side. We're seeing prices come off. Unfortunately, December 23 corn, we saw it at 595 here a couple weeks ago. This morning, right before we came on, we were talking 553. And it's a big reason why we talk this whole relationship. When we want to buy the fertilizer, we want to sell grain. Mm-hmm. It's the pairing of it. So you've won on the fertilizer. Your price has come down a little bit. That's a good thing. But unfortunately, your corn price has dropped almost 50 cents. Yeah. How does the, how does the balance sheet look given this drop in new crop plus the drop in nitrogen? Are we still kind of at a push to where we were about this time last year? We're doing we're a lot better than where we were this time okay. last year. If you look at that relationship versus 12 months ago, we are phenomenally better. Okay. We're actually some of the best values we have seen since the last half decade. Okay. The unfortunate part is we could have done a little bit better by locking in these things a little bit earlier. But at that point, you're just you're splitting, you know, hairs there. Right. You're talking about a couple bushels. Yeah. So, Josh, you mentioned whether or not we get this anhydrous on is the question facing the industry now. Then the question is urea liquids. What do we got going on? How does industry supply look as we get later in the summer, particularly if there's an anhydrous issue? Well, that's the problem. By the mm. time we know there's an anhydrous issue, it's too late. Uh, you start thinking about it. Let's take urea, for example. Half of our urea imports come from the Arab Gulf, the Persian Gulf, Middle East, whatever you want to call that region. Okay. That's where half of our stuff comes from. If you have supply at the dock, which they do today, and you have a vessel sitting there ready to be loaded, it takes a day or two to load it. You got to push it off and they got to sail over here. It's 30 days before you have product in a barge. Okay. Well, that's sitting in New Orleans. That doesn't do you a whole lot of good in the Midwest. Now you got to get it up into the system. So if we don't know until April 1st, it doesn't get to U.S. shores until May 1st. It doesn't get put into place until May 15, June 1. I don't see a lot of people throwing their hand up saying, hey, you know what I'd really like to do? Put Yuri on the field on June 1st. Right. Right. So what do you do? Get it. It's you can't get it in now. I mean, are we a little too late to get orders in on some liquids for a backup? I I think is there's still time. I still okay. think it's early enough. If it's a big, big concern of yours, if you're looking at the forecast saying, I don't think I can get it on. I think it's a conversation we need to be having sooner than later. OK. However, I would still err towards the side. If you're an anhydrous person, you want to put it on. Once you have that opportunity, don't let that tractor seat get cold. Okay. When you start pulling, keep pulling until you're done. That's something I told my dad last fall. I was like, the second you get a chance to go, I was like, if I need to take off from work and go run the nighttime shift, I will come do it. That tractor does not turn off until that last drop is in the soil. All right. Windows are going to be tight. Take advantage of it if you're pulling gas. And the farmers know this. They do this every single year. It just seems like some are a little bit tighter than others. Okay. That's true. And this could be a tight one. Yes. All right, Josh, let's talk others. Uh, Let's talk. Well, Looking at potash, yes. saw some headlines this last week. China, Belarus trying to form a friendship pact. How much of that is connected to fertilizer? Is it or is it just, is that a tertiary issue? It's It can be. So okay. Belarus is the world's third biggest exporter of potash. Okay, They're a big deal. And if you remember, it was back on February 1st of last year. Lithuania signed a, a, a decree or whatever they want to call it, mm-hmm. basically saying our soil is shut to Belarus. And Belarus used to ship their product up through Lithuania and out to sea. Okay. Once that was shut off, Belarus was landlocked. They couldn't go south through Ukraine. They're actively helping Russia. They can't go west through Poland. And logistics don't exist east going through Russia. Oh, okay. So, so they're landlocked. So they can be talking to China and say, hey, we want to do all this business. It doesn't do you a whole lot of good if you can't move that product. Now, they're getting a little bit of stuff shipped out, but it's far, far and away from what they're normally do. Okay. So given that that's the case, there doesn't seem to be any greater supplies of potash coming onto the market soon, are there? No. Well, I will say this. There are some mines up in Canada that have been scaled back because of the prices continuing to go lower and lower. And that's one thing that's incredibly standing out to me. Okay. Potash prices have been falling since late March, April without the third largest exporter in the world. That tells you how long inventory, how bad demand has been. Oh, wow. But- Eventually, the demand is going to catch up. We'll wipe out those inventories. There are some new mines that are coming online in Russia. It, it, that is a market where we can look ahead here two, three, four years. We foresee a marketplace is basically oversupplied. Okay. So if if you haven't been mining the soil, if you've got ample potash supplies and prices move against you, it's just give it time. Give it a little bit of time. Let but it then, come back down. But then again, look at some of the values today. When you still look at today's potash value and you look at where the grain values are, 
fantastic relationship. I certainly wouldn't scale anything back and put any yield at risk. Okay. All right. Maximize that yield, but also make those sales yes. if you're pricing that buy versus your grain price today. Lock in your profit when you can. Okay. Always a piece of good advice. Josh, while we've got you, let's talk phosphates. What are you hearing on that industry as we get into spring? Price has been holding here nearby. Okay. Uh, the market is holding on, hoping, praying that the farmer gets out there, gets stuff done. The same weather situation is going to be something we need to watch. We're sitting there watching the weather. If these guys can't get anhydrous on, they probably can't get phosphate. If they can't get potash, it's going to be another bad spring. Excess inventories carried over in the summer. It weighs on price ideas. And we're already seeing the futures market point to lower prices. Okay. So more help is on the way. It's just not here today. Gotcha. Josh, you mentioned so much of the drop in nitrogen prices has been a response to that drop in natural gas prices over in the EU. Of course, Russia, Ukraine, still at war. Those issues are still at play. Do we expect to see nitrogen production stay stable in the EU this year? As long as their natural gas price stays down, yes. Okay. Uh, fortunately, one of the big things we were worried about when everything started to shut down early last year was that some of these really old plants would never restart. Oh. Now, we've seen one plant. They were announced. BASF announced one plant will never come back online again. It was an anhydrous plant. Okay. That's been the only one. Fortunately, they had a lot of production come back on. They're still short of normal. Okay. But that's still something we're watching. Will some of these plants just never turn back on? Will natural gas prices shoot back up if demand comes back? Will they continue to fall down? It's a very, very fluid situation. And that's the thing. People say, well, why didn't you know that nitrogen was going to come down? I was like, if somebody could have told me that natural gas was going to go from 103 to 13 in Europe, I'd have a lot better idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those things that if, <laughs> if you know, you, you wouldn't be standing here today. Yeah. You'd be retired somewhere. I'd, I'd be in Orlando, but it would be on my house, um, <laughs> you know, my mansion somewhere around here. That's absolutely right, Josh. So as you think about what growers need to be doing here in the short term, any action items you want guys to be doing here ahead of planting? Talk to your supplier. Okay. Talk to your retailer. And when a market is bearish, our natural inclination is that we don't want to talk to anybody. We want to completely shut down. Because we're scared we don't give away that information. We've been taught as an industry, don't give information, it'll be used against you. Right. But the problem is, we're holding off. Prices are falling. That's working in our favor. But guess what? That retailer is doing the same thing. I can't buy this physical product and have the price drop $100 a ton. I won't be in business next fall. So what happens? Farmer doesn't buy it. Retailer doesn't buy it. All of a sudden, all this demand hits at the same time. We go into a just-in-time demand model. I'm not going to sit. Delay. I'm not going to sit here and say you won't be able to find it, but you're going to be in a big old eBay war with somebody trying to get that same done, oh, that same truck. Boy, get active. Have those conversations. At yes. the end of the day, that's where we're at this year. The situation's favorable to farmers. It's much more favorable than it was 12 months ago. But it I'll could always you, change. Uh, it could get better. It could get worse. <laughs> if you if you look at your economics today, if you look at your break even, you're like, hey, I can lock stuff in. I can make money. That's a good step. Do it. If Do your it. worst decision this year is profitable, I'll take that year in, year out. That's so true, folks. That's Josh Linville, Vice President of Fertilizer over at StoneX. Josh, as always, thanks for talking to us and have fun here at Commodity Classic. Absolutely will. Thanks, man. And we'll be back, folks, with more from our friends here at Trelleborg. We talked about the why of keeping tires inflated. We're going to talk about the how when AOA returns. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Premium Diesel, fueled by innovation, powered to perform. Are you heading to Commodity Classic in Orlando? Stop by the Trelleborg booth and see me, Mike Pearson, for some exciting live radio and learn about the new HF1000 steel belted tire and features that minimize soil compaction. Get a cup of coffee at the Barista Bar and I'll be broadcasting my show live from Trelleborg booth 1423 from 10 to 11 a.m. on Thursday and Friday from the Commodity Classic showroom floor. That's Trelleborg booth 1423 from 10 to 11 a.m. We'll see you in Orlando. Pride. It runs deep for those in agriculture. But that pride can also prevent farmers from asking for help when it's needed most. An injury, illness, or natural disaster is a heavy burden for any operation to bear. Farm Rescue is here to help shoulder that burden. We are a nonprofit organization helping farm families in crisis with free planting, haying, and harvesting assistance. There is no pride lost when it comes to Farm Rescue. Learn more at farmrescue.org. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Risvet with this market update. It's been mostly downhill for the grains since the middle of February, more so for the feed grains, less so for the soybean complex, where a disastrous Argentine growing season is supporting beans and meal from falling too far. High prices have done the job of ratcheting down corn demand, 
while optimism abounds for massive U.S. acreage and production in 2023 as well. Now in wheat, the trade continues to note Black Sea trade positivity and the relative absence of the U.S. from the global export market, with plantings increases expected there as well. Overall, though, the main issue is the lack of money flow from speculative traders within a rising interest rate environment. Fund positions are estimated to have been pared down from mid-February, around 70000 each in both corn and Chicago wheat, though that's a guess at this point with CFTC data still lagging back to that point. However, non-farm payrolls are the focal point this morning rising 311,000 in February compared to a 504,000 advance in January. That was well above the average trade estimate at 215,000. U.S. payroll growth has exceeded estimates for 11 straight months now. That's the longest streak in at least 25 years. U.S. unemployment rate rose from 3.4% to 3.6% this month against expectations for a steady figure while average hourly earning gains fell slightly month over month. Now, despite the larger-than-expected payroll figures, the increase in unemployment and trimming of wage gains would both be seen as encouraging for the cooling of the jobs market that the Fed is looking for. Tuesday's CPI number is now setting up as a tiebreaker of sorts for the Doves and the Hawks, both of which could take some ammunition from this jobs report with the year-over-year consumer price index Vaccine moving from 6.4% in January to 6% in February. Fed swaps moved back closer to indicating even chances for both a 25 and a 50 basis point interest rate increase later this month. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Ristvet. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad? Your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil. Oil that runs smart. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. AOA. We are still on the grounds here at Commodity Classic 2023 talking with our friends from Trelleborg. Now, at the top of the show, we talked with Chris Neidert. He's the marketing training and development manager. We talked about the things you need to be checking on your tires before you get out into the field, start utilizing those machines after a long winter's nap. So you're going to do that. But then my question is, all right, so you want to make sure things are properly inflated. We understand the why, thanks to Chris. It's vital. Now we got to figure out the how. And to help us do that, joining us for this segment is Norberto Herbner. He's the Senior Technical Manager at Trelleborg. And Norberto, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. You're welcome. So inflation is crucial for grip for everything that we do with these tires. How do we figure out the best inflation yep. for the tire? I mean, once we know what tractor we have yeah i mean we have different horsepower tractors from small one big ones what we want is that for every operation to have the right transmission or transfer of that torque to the ground okay so we don't have too much slippage we don't have too much fuel consumption to be efficient sure so depending every labor normally we have to figure out okay how much does the tractor has to wait to be able to put that power to the ground. Sure. For every labor, it's going to be different. Could be 80, could be 110 uh, pounds per horsepower. And when you say labor, Norberto, just so I'm on the same page, you're thinking what field work are we going to be doing? How exactly. are we going to be using those tires and what's the environment going to be like yes. where we're using it? It's not the same horsepower you need for a ripper sure. than for a planter or pulling a manure tanker. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's. You want to be the most efficient possible. Once we know how much uh, weight we need, we need weight uh, distribution. 
depending what kind of uh, tractor it is. Yeah, it's a four-wheel drive, it's one thing. If it's uh, a front-wheel assist, it's a different. I mean, what we want to do is the right distribution between front and rear. Okay. Mm? If, for example, we have a 400-horsepower tractor, yeah? And uh, we have too much weight on the back. What could happen? It's starting to make the power hop. hop. I mean, like a wheelie. Yeah? Right. It's too much traction in the back because it's too heavy, but we don't have enough weight on the front. So so the power hop, if and break this down if I'm misunderstanding it, Norberto. So you've got all the weight on the tractor. You've got all that pressure building up on those tires as they rotate. So I'm guessing the power hop is just they release that pressure. From it's time one of them. Yes. Is that mm -hmm. what it is? Um, I mean, it's the same when you try to make a wheelie with a motorcycle. Sure. That's sure. You're going to stretch that rubber exactly. and then it's going to come back to shape because that's yes. what rubber does. Mm -hmm. Okay. But with, uh, with the tractors, we don't have uh, an active suspension. So it starts, once it starts to bounce, it keeps bouncing. Right. Yep. Until you stop it. Hmm? That's true. That's how we can explain it. Okay. So if you have too much grip in the back, I mean, some uh, farmer says, I want zero slippage. Sure. That's not good because something has to give in a little bit. Ah. I mean, your soil is not exactly even from here, 100 feet in the front, 200 feet in the front. Sure. So you don't want the transmission gifts. You don't want the slippage between tire and rim. So something has to give and the soil is the one that's going to give a little bit that makes sense that yeah. makes sense it can be expensive to fix some of those other things when exactly. they start to slip yes. yeah i mean you don't want a slippage of 50 percent. no but 10 15 percent really you, you're willing yeah. to go that high in a field even when you're doing heavy pull yes okay exactly. 10 to 15 because it's basically you need that little buffer okay so it's so you don't break everything yeah that makes sense if you would be trying to go zero percent slippage you're going to destroy the tires okay. and you find some hard pan. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And we don't want that. No, no. Especially given, uh, given the tires aren't getting any cheaper, right? I mean, this, exactly. is, a, this is a big investment in your operation. Yeah. You want to keep it in good shape. Now you mentioned the weight issue. How do we figure out how much weight needs to be on the tractor as a whole, Norberto? And then further, how do we break it down to where it needs to be on yeah. which set of axles? Normally for as a rule of thumb, if you go with a, uh, heavy equipment, mm -hmm. you count 100, 120 uh, pounds per horsepower of the tractor. Okay, 100 On to 120 the, yes. pounds per horsepower. horsepower so 400 yeah. pound tractor, or 400 horse tractor, it's we're good to 44 five. to 48 okay. thousand pounds. Okay. If you go something lighter in the back, for example, a planter, 80 is enough. Okay. Yeah, because you don't have this down pressure in the back. Gotcha. So after that, you say, okay, depending what kind of tractor you have, it's how much you put in the front, how much you put in the back. Okay. On a, a front wheel assist, normally you start with 35, 65. 35 ratio. up front, 65 exactly. in the back. Exactly. Okay. 40, 60, that's also a good ratio. Okay. And then you start to adapt. I mean, there are some tractors you can put more weight, less on other ways. Yeah, you have to adapt it. Yeah, it's sure. not going to be perfect 40. Perfect 35. Right. Be flexible. 38, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Once you have that, and depending uh, for uh, every tire size, you have different inflation pressures depending on the load. So the important thing to know, okay, if now I have a 40 uh, horsepower tractor, I put 44,000 pounds and let's make it around at 60%. That would be approximately in the back. 22, uh, 25,000 pounds. So you have two tires in the back, for mm -hmm. example, yeah, for a uh, super single. Sure. So you take down that value and say, you went to the data book and look, okay, at what speed I'm going to be uh, working. Sure. And you look, okay, where is my load? And that's the inflation pressure you could be using. Okay. All right. So pull that up. Now, my question is for a lot of us who don't have new equipment, a lot of us who buy stuff at auctions, we don't have all the documentation. We don't have all of the proper inflation pressures you know, in the back of our sheds. Where can we go to get that information? How do we how do we put this into place when we don't have the tools at hand? First, to, to see your weight, you can go to a grain elevator. Okay. Just literally roll it, it across there. the scale. Exactly. Yeah. And you get it there. Then once you know what size you have, you can go to any of the websites from any manufacturers, look for that size, and they have the data table there. Okay. So, Norberto, now 
that we're to the inflation side. We've got the weight managed. We've got things set up. We're 35, 65 here. We're going to pull in with our mechanical front tractor. Now we got to inflate. What, what are the risks that come with underinflation? Because if I'm a grower and it looks a little wet out there, I'm going to let some air out, right? I'm going to get that footprint a little bigger to give me some more grab, right? Not necessary. Okay. I mean, first, you don't know if your uh, gauge works fine. I mean, if you have the the little gauge, what we call it, like a pen. Sure. I mean, you can be messing around five, ten pounds of uh, PSI, yeah? And it, it'll be off that it's much, just, exactly. If you a... now say, I want to make 12, and you're off by five, you could be at seven. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Or 17. I mean, you could be exactly. either big yes. on either way. The other thing is that the tires, they need some pressure from the inside to don't unseat from the rim. Sure. So when you go too low, even if our data box says you can go six PSI, I would never go below 12 PSI. In any function? Any situation. Okay. I mean, that's from the service side, I would not go below 12 uh, PSI. Several reasons. One, okay, what we said about the gauges. A lot of farmers don't check the inflation pressure. Mm -mm. I mean, it's... It doesn't it's, look flat. I'm good to go. Yes. Second, any tire, even if it's a tubeless tire, loses a little bit of air during the, the year. Okay. So always... Even if you start now with 12 PSI, by the end of the season, you could be 10, 9. Right. Always lose a little bit. Okay. You don't want to have the risk of unseating the tire. Yeah. Because, I mean, you go over a hump, what could happen? That if the hump is, uh, hump is too high, that the tire could hit against the rim and damage the tire. And right. potentially the, the deform the rim. pushed so exactly. far up because yes. there's not enough pressure that it just bumps straight into yes. the rim. and. And the other thing we have seen with, uh, we make a lot of simulation and uh, we have uh, our own collection of uh, pressure gauges. So we made going from the normal 35 PSI up to the six PSI that we could say recommending. What we see is below uh, 12 PSI. Yeah, when you go from 12 to six, you see that the footprint from the outside looks wider, right? But what happened? Somewhere the rubber has to go. So it starts to buckle up in the middle. Oh, interesting. Yes. You don't see that. No. But when you put the, the pressure plates, you see that the middle one is not touching anymore. Wow. So, going so all from, of a sudden, you've moved your pressure from the tread of the tire where yeah, you'd like it to the, to outside? the outside. Yes. And Weird. it starts to increase a lot of pressure on the outside, too. I mean, even it's visually that... Yeah, we are wider. Sure. But the pressure is higher now on the extremes of the, the lugs. And those extremes of the lugs, that's right where your soybeans going to be coming up beside. Exactly. You're yes. absolutely compacting at the worst. Plus, you have less lugs on the ground. Right. So less you can grip. have more, exactly, less grip and you can have more uh, spin. Norberto, while we're here, we're talking tools. Do you have any recommendations for folks to get gauges that, that work? Do you have any recommendations or just don't go below 12 because there's just no way to be so accurate? If you cannot get uh, one of this, uh, we call it the digital gauges. Okay. I mean, not the big professional ones. Sure. But Digitally you something trust. digital is more accurate okay. than the one like the little pen with the slider that the, pops the slider out. comes out. Yeah. Right. That's a, and check it. Yes. At the beginning of the season, every two, three months, at least at least check it. Check. I mean it. I know a lot of farmers, they never check it. When they see they're a little bit low, yep. Okay, let's pump it up a little bit. Yep. Make and, it look good and hit the field. Yeah. And a lot of areas we see okay, what is our inflation pressure? and they use a stick to see how it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, there are better ways to do it. That's why we talked to our friends from Trelleborg. They are the experts. That was Norberto Herbner, Senior Technical Manager at Trelleborg. And stay with us. We'll have more coming from Commodity Classic here on the trade show floor when AOA returns. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Premium Diesel. Fueled by innovation, powered to perform. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike, block. 
maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach, and in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. I think farming picked me. (laughs) I didn't pick farming. I'm not afraid to try something new. It's my farm, my family, and our future. My channel Seedsman gets that. I get access to innovative products with personalized advice backed by data to maximize my yield potential. With Channel, I know I'll prosper for years to come. Define your future at channel.com slash future. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Copyright 2022 Bayer Group. All rights reserved. Are you heading to Commodity Classic in Orlando? Stop by the Trelleborg booth and see me, Mike Pearson, for some exciting live radio and learn about the new HF1000 steel belted tire and features that minimize soil compaction. Get a cup of coffee at the Barista Bar, and I'll be broadcasting my show live from Trelleborg booth 1423 from 10 to 11 a.m. on Thursday and Friday from the Commodity Classic showroom floor. That's Trelleborg booth 1423 from 10 to 11 a.m. We'll see you in Orlando. On the first Wednesday of every month here on AOA, we get together for The Monthly Grind, a conversation about corn demand and the partnerships it takes to make that corn industry profitable with our friends from the National Corn Growers Association. Troy Schneider and Janice Hiley of the Market Development Action Team joined us looking ahead to Commodity Classic. Janice, are you excited? Next week, March 9th through 11th, will be the Commodity Classic. This year, it's being held in Orlando, Florida. Our booth is at the trade show floor and just an amazing place to check out, by the way, if you're in town. And we're in booth 1603. Troy, what can farmers expect at the NCGA booth this year? Well, Mike, as the producers come on into the trade show floor, we're going to be there in the center stage as one of the main sponsors. And that's a good way for us to explain and to showcase our sustainability, our productivity, and our commitment to feeding and fueling this world that we live in. Again, NCGA will be in booth 1603 in Orlando at Commodity Classic. Tune in April 5th for the next monthly grind with our friends at NCGA. One company that's been making headlines recently is Earth Optics. Their CEO, Lars Deerrood, joins us now. And Lars, if you would, tell us, what does Earth Optics do? So we're a soil mapping company with an emphasis on mapping. So we invest in technologies that drive down the cost of measuring just about anything you want uh, within soils uh, and dramatically increase the resolution. So we use machine learning and sensors dramatically improve the power of a single soil sample. So we can take a handful of soil samples on a field and test it for fertility, carbon, uh, and compaction and give you a very high resolution map for a fraction of the cost per acre than you're normally used to. How does utilizing this kind of technology drive down the cost for the farmer? With the resolution that's similar to that of a one acre sampling grid, but much closer to the cost of, of uh, zone sampling. So we're talking four or five bucks per acre instead of, you know, as much as $25, $30 for one acre grids. That's Lars Deerrood, CEO of Earth Optics. Learn more at earthoptics.com or watch for them at Commodity Classic 23 in Orlando.
Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Premium Diesel. Fueled by innovation, powered to perform. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. AOA continues today, folks. It is the second day of Commodity Classic 2023. I've heard reports that over 10,000 folks from across the country have gathered here for this trade show and meeting of farmers from around the country. We're here with our friends at Trellivore. Joining us now is Chris Neider. Chris, we've talked a lot about your being out in front of the public. You're at a lot of trade shows, but Trelleborg's willing to show folks around behind the scenes as well, aren't you? Mike, one of the things we love to do is show off our two factories. One's in Spartanburg, South Carolina. The other one is in Charles City, Iowa. And we're lucky to have a fella here that, that toured the plant. You know, uh, I talk all the time. I always ask people, have you seen a, a tire built? And most people say no. I said, you know, it's just not pouring rubber in a mold and it pops out there. So Caleb is going to give us a little feedback of the tour we went and I was lucky enough to be with him <laughs> when he came to the plant so uh, it's always great to uh, to let growers come in and see how a tire's built absolutely Caleb Hamer B&H Ag Services up in Hudson Iowa you went to Charles City you got to go behind the scenes I've never seen a tire being made Caleb what, what was it like it's a much more intensive process than you probably ever thought it was really yep. really when you walked in there what'd you see um, a pretty nondescript building that has a lot going on inside. <laughs> uh, just lots of indus uh, industry-sized uh, equipment for the huge uh, combine tires, and then uh, some more reasonably-sized stuff for the smaller implement tires. But man, there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot that goes on, Chris. And, and how long have you been bringing people into the factory? Has that been something that Trelleborg Mitas has been a big fan of for a while? Well, the Charles City plant, Mike, that actually was a Winnebago plant that Mitas purchased and retrofitted. In fact, uh, when you go in there, you still see a lot of the lines where they were pulling the Winnebago's down the line. So we, uh, it was a big, as, as Caleb said, it's a big place. Uh, and uh, we've been probably taking, I think uh, that place opened in 2015 or 2016, something okay. around there. So it's been six, seven years. So we, again, we've had many people come through. Uh, again, we love, and Caleb said it, it's not what you think. I always say there's a lot of pieces, parts, and a tire. And uh, they all got to come together to work. And, uh, you know, the tire engineers make that happen. So it's great to let a grower see that. How hot was it in the fact? I mean, when I picture a tire making facility, I feel like you got to cook them. I have no idea if that's accurate. Was it a hot place, Caleb? You probably want to go with a t-shirt on. Okay. All right. All right. You so, want to be comfortable. Yeah. That, the that the one side of the plant where they're cooking the tires itself, it was 90-ish degrees in there. Well, the curing area, which is what he's talking about. Okay. So the curing vessels are in there. So we go to 300 degrees for dictated by the size of the tire. They'll either cook for an hour or three or four hours. So the bigger the, it's just like baking a cake. Right, uh, the a bigger it is, the more you got to do. So more Caleb felt yeah. it in there. It's summertime in Iowa in the curing plant or curing area is hot. That gets a little toasty. Caleb, summertime in Iowa is coming up pretty soon. It is. H Farms ready to get into the field? Uh, we're getting there. Uh, still waiting on some inputs to arrive, but I think uh, everything's spoken for. Now we just need some uh, delivery of stuff. And then uh, the corn planter should be ready to go by the end of next week. And we got couple more odds and ends to button up and we should be good to go any big acreage shifts coming this year i don't think so um our part of the world's locked into a lot of rotation due to the production acres of seed and uh seed corn and seed seed beans so um fairly typical to see a lot of rotation then there's the little parts where they to get a lot of livestock and a lot of manure needs so there is a lot of continuous corn here and there but oh sure some of that stays put uh nothing shifting is what i would say okay all right that certainly makes sense Chris, we're talking about the tire factory tours. How can folks make that happen? If, if I'm curious, I, I would like to get to Charles City. I want to call you and get this set up. How do we do that? How do we just knock on the door? Well, uh, probably the best way is get a hold of one of uh, the Trelleborg or Mitas sales representatives. Just go ahead and Google Mitas tires or Google Trelleborg tires. Get to the website. Um, 
I give my information, but uh, we probably shouldn't do it right now. Sure. But just get to one of the websites. We will be happy to schedule something. And we've done it for as few as just a couple of people. But again, we love to show the place off. But uh, yeah, we'll be very accommodating. I got to give the plant personnel. Uh, the plant manager is very accommodating to have people come in to watch or to that is fantastic. There's nothing cooler to my mind about seeing a factory. It's just so different from agriculture. Things are uniform, right? Things fit. Everything just kind of works when you're it's different than yep. the farm, isn't it? Caleb? And it's American-made product, right in Iowa. Absolutely, which is very, very cool. Chris, that's something you guys take a lot of pride in, isn't it? Mike, I say this all the time on a sales call. We build tires in the greatest country in the world. And, and again, it's really nice to talk about that because sometimes that's a big deal, and I feel it is. Absolutely. So, uh, Especially we, when we you show that live off. in that region, Caleb, you're up in that Northeast Iowa area. Here we've got a tire man keeping jobs in Iowa, keeping the town of yep. Charles City supported. That's just something we love to see. And if agriculture can help give back, Chris, that's a fantastic way to do it. Where you mentioned Google Trello board. And yes, and I've got a sidetrack this please, year. You've please. made a comment there that you've never seen a tire built. So one of my missions is going to get the Mike Pearson to one of the tire plants because it is a very eye-opening experience. So you know, it's been a that. long time since I've been to South Carolina, too. Okay. If, we're, if we're putting drips together, I would say, folks, we're talking here with Trelleborg. We are at Commodity Classic. There's another day here on the trade show floor. If you haven't made it in to see our friends at Trelleborg, come by. Chris, will you be doing coffee tomorrow as well here at yeah. the Trelleborg booth? The barista is here. Our master barista, Mildred, is here. Please come in. And there's a pretty good line here right now. So come on in and get your favorite drink. Absolutely, yes. Chris. And in the meantime, folks, get geared up for planting season. Check those tires. If you've got questions, get on that Trello board website, Google it up, get connected with an expert who can help point you in the right direction. Chris, before we go for this week, any final thoughts for growers as they head into the 2023 season? No, we've covered some nice subjects, Mike. Check the tires, as Caleb knows. Check that air pressure. Noberto had a very nice discussion of that. Hey, and if you need some product, think of Trelleborg or Mitas when you go to purchase that from your dealer. And as always, when you're talking to your dealer, we are talking to Jeff Miller about this here on the floor, ask for it by name. Is that right? Absolutely. Trelleborg or Mitas, uh, we'd love to do business with you. We they, built some good tires. They certainly do, folks. That's Chris Snyder from Trelleborg Wheel Systems. We also heard from Caleb Hamer, B&H Ag Services. Folks, thanks for listening to AOA. If you're down at Commodity Classic, safe travels getting home. If you stayed on the farm to work this past week, thanks for tuning in. We look forward to coming back on Monday with a regular AOA. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil. Oil that runs smart. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week, we'll chat with voices from across the cooperative system. From global market access to local expertise, we'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. What a great organization, helping families in need like ours. It's a godsend. When an unexpected crisis strikes, Farm Rescue is here to help. Assistance is available free of charge to farm families experiencing a major injury, illness, or natural disaster. Our volunteers and equipment are ready to spring into action with planting, haying, and harvest support. If you or someone you know could use a helping hand, visit farmrescue.org today. Nothing offers an opportunity to bond and give thanks quite like breaking bread together. This is especially true as we welcome our troops back home and keep those who are still stationed overseas in our hearts. Hi, I'm Gary Sinise. Since 2011, the Gary Sinise Foundation's Serving Heroes program has shown gratitude to our nation's defenders and their families by serving up nearly 500,000 hearty classic American meals at travel hubs and military locations. And now, together with our friends at Bob Evans Farms and their Our Farm Salutes program, we will help to provide even more meals nationwide, offering our defenders a taste of home and the feeling of togetherness around the table. Help us show America's gratitude through food and fellowship. Look for the Bob Evans Our Farm Salutes purple packaging at your grocery store and visit ourfarmsalutes.com to learn more. While we can never do enough to support the men and women who serve together, we can make a difference 
Bite by Bite.